What makes you strange on purpose? I think I'm a perfectionist. I don't know anything. I don't know, I'm just me. I'm a little weirdo. I'm just me. My unwillingness to stay stagnant. I can only be like authentically myself. The best way I can answer this question is with describing a picture. It's this guy riding a motorcycle while he's reading a book called How to Ride a Motorcycle. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. Honesty hour. I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I'm Izzy, and my guest today is super, super dope, like every guest of Strange on Purpose. But today's guest is a little bit different. He's an artist that has really taken to the streets to get his message out there and created this character that has really defined his career. And I'm really, really excited to have him on. Ali Six is someone that if you're from Chicago, you know who he is, or if you're around the art scene, you know who he is as well. And if you don't, let's get into his story. So Ali Six, do you want to give somebody that's listening today that doesn't know who you are a little bit of an intro as to who you are and what you do? I'm mostly categorized as a street artist um, because I use the streets to advertise my work. Um, I created a cartoon raccoon uh, who kind of embodies everything um, that I'm into. So I display that into my uh, art. So with this cartoon raccoon, I create murals on the streets as well as I wheat paste them. Um, and then I have galleries where I sell, um, canvas paintings or paintings on grenades, um, tattooed before I've learned how to create rugs. I just dabble in a plethora of different mediums because this is my full time. So I use my muse, Richie the raccoon, um, just to kind of learn as much as I can through art and, you know, give that to my collectors. Let's go all the way back before Richie, before like going into this full time or anything like that. Did you always know that you wanted to be an artist? Uh, yeah. So when I was a, a kid, you know, obviously watching cartoons, watching the animated X-Men series, watching Spider-Man um, in the 90s. And, you know, I, I thought cartoons were amazing. You know, that that was my thing, you know. One time I had a kindergarten project where my mom uh, helped me and she drew a cartoon bear. And, you know, I figured since that's my mother and she knows how to draw cartoons, you know, maybe I can pursue art and draw for a living. So from kindergarten, uh, I figured I could probably be, be an artist, you know, as long as I pursue it and I have the right motivation. Um, and which, you know, I did. My family would tell me that my ugly drawings were good and... You know, that, that really pushed me to, to really try to excel. And uh, throughout my years in CPS and I had art programs and, you know, we had art classes and um, I would try to excel at it. And by, I believe, maybe the first or second grade, you know, I was probably one of the, the top students in class who knew how to draw. So when there would be an art project, you know, I would be one of the people that people would try to pair with first in order to create the art project for uh, the assignment. 
going through school and going through like basically finding yourself growing up in general when you're getting done with high school like what what are you thinking like are you, did you go directly into college or did you go like directly into actually creating like what was your what was your career path looking like so i ended up not going to college which i'm very grateful for so i didn't have to spend a bunch of money on college um, you know, but at that time, I thought I was just a failure because, you know, every, when you're in senior year, everybody's getting into college and they're getting their FAFSAs and they're getting all their loans and stuff. They're, you know, and, you know, as if you're the troublemaker kid and, or if you didn't live up to the potential that you, you know, you know, you just kind of like you feel kind of like shit because, you know, you're not you're not in this group of everybody getting into college. Um so at that time, you know, I was I was a little discouraged, but you know, I was still within the culture of graffiti and uh, reputable, or if not, was becoming one of the most reputable at that time in graffiti. So I just stuck to graffiti, and and you know, it was either because I was in Marine Corps ROTC classes in high school, it was either I was gonna do that or try to figure out something with graffiti, and you know, I, I just I stuck to trying to figure out something in graffiti because you know, there's not many people who make it in the art world from graffiti. But um, I figured I'd at least try. So um, I became very, very reputable um, in high school and after high school with graffiti. And, you know, for a number of years, I, I really tried to, to see where the letter structure typography could take me if I can, you know, um, be happy with my lifestyle as well as make money from it. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't really panning out like that. Um, it's it's kind of hard to become a reputable name in graffiti because there's so many variables um you have the general consensus of graffiti is bad so there's not much value in it so it's hard to sell it unless you become really big within that culture which you have to go to all these different states and you have to like really wreck shit or like you know just figure out your your way through that whole avenue so that that requires a lot of work and a lot of being arrested so once i had gotten arrested my sixth time um they had messed up on the paperwork twice I was in my sixth or seventh year of graffiti and, you know, I had probably done at least like 300, um, illegal graffiti, um, spots. And, you know, I figured, you know, I got caught six, six times, 56 times to mess up the paperwork. I get out scot-free. So maybe I can change this, what I'm doing uh, a little bit. So I kind of went back to the whole cartooning phase of my life because around high school, I was getting into streetwear and, uh, I learned mm. about cause when he had the brand original fake. And uh, to understand a lot of what he did and how he came from graffiti and, you know, and then he repasted his own character around New York. And then he also had Nike collabs, truck collabs, um, had this big brand, you know, that I even know in Chicago um, at St. Alfred yeah. called Original Fake. You know, I figured, you know, if, if I couldn't do it with this graffiti stuff, let me see if I can do this with this cartoon stuff because I see somebody doing it and not a bunch of people are doing it. So... Maybe I can make my way in like that. And um, from that motivation, you know, um, I took what I knew about streetwear and what I knew about art and what I learned from graffiti um, techniques from spray paint and applied it to um, that one muse, Richie the Raccoon, which would be the character that defines my whole brand. Would you say the creation of Richie took you to another level? Character route, it, it leveled up my my who I was as a person because I was also, I wasn't within that general consensus of graffiti is bad. I was in that street art consensus of, 
all right, well, I'm not doing graffiti with a spray can to advertise who, who I am to get pull up my reputation. Now I'm, I'm repasting a poster, whereas, like, in my head, if a cop came up to me and was like, hey, what are you doing? Say, oh, I was just advertising something, you know, I can take it down because I'm using glue right. and a paper, whereas spray paint, I'm using using aerosol paint where I can't scrub that off of the building and I'm getting arrested. So, yeah, I felt like I leveled up and got smarter in, into being a member of society, I guess, because I wouldn't have deemed myself a member of society if anything else taken away from society. And uh, maybe, you know, a way a graffiti artist uh, give back to society is uh, providing jobs for people to clean up graffiti and provide from anti-theft um security and stuff like that yeah but yeah no i definitely feel like i leveled up um and i've learned so much from um having the character itself so when you look back if somebody is listening to this that is just starting off their graffiti career what would you tell them in regards to like would you tell them to keep going down that route because it ultimately opened the door to Richie or would you tell them something else? Um, I mean, if they're 16 years old, then I think they should be fine. They have at least <laughs> like two years of doing a lot of graffiti. You know, once you hit 18, um, your juvenile record will get expunged and that'll get cleared anyway. So, I mean, if you wanted to, you could have two years of doing graffiti. Um, and like, I don't regret um, learning graffiti at all. You know, it learned, it taught me how to do, um, how to use spray paint and some color theory and, you know, really being entranced by that culture, it, it taught me a lot, you know, but I, I do know the negative effects and I know there are a lot of older graffiti heads who are just like stuck in this like transverse of um, the negativity. Um, and it is what it is, but I mean, yeah, I would, I would recommend, yeah, if you're 16 years old and you wanted to dabble in graffiti, uh, do it. Just don't get too caught into all the all the all the luggage, all the baggage. Yeah, and you know you, you can't. Sometimes it's inescapable, and you know you, there's always going to be different personalities within different cultures. Just be smart and you know have your morals. So, what was your first job, and what did you learn from it that you're still using today? Um, I I think. You know, when I was a kid, my uncle would have me um, clean the yard or, like, you know, do certain things for, like, $10, um, whether it was pulling weeds or in his yard or, like, you know, cleaning up a bunch of stuff. Um, so it taught me the value of hard work that, you know, you, you do get you get paid from hard work. Um, my first real job was maybe washing dishes uh, for a day at some place, and then I got fired for tagging um, <laughs> in the back room or something. I worked at Jimmy's Hot Dogs. I worked at Navy Pier. I've worked at Mariano's. I've worked at Adidas in Chicago. Um, so I've had a number of different jobs in which that's what taught me. Um, well, when you're younger, you don't understand that everything takes time, right? Like there's more patience to life and not everything is handed out so quickly. So if people are listening today and are super intrigued and want to get involved with your work or maybe buy some merch or anything like that, how can people follow along in your journey and um, support? Well, I mean, usually I use the platform Instagram. Um, so usually it's updated at least once a week. Um, 
that's on Instagram at AOI underscore SIX underscore. And in the bio, there's a section for my website, um, which is AOI uh, slash or dash SIX.com. Um, and there's a couple of different pages where if you wanted to look at that rather than the Instagram is more of everything that's recent and my website has um, it broken down into like what I've done in the streets, uh, my projects, uh, whereas like that's like probably more of the, the collaborations where I've done with different big brands and um, has media stuff. I also have a store on there uh, if you wanted to buy any merchandise. So last question for you is what makes you strange on purpose? What makes me strange on purpose? I think, you know, we all have our own individuality. Um, and so I think what makes us all strange is that we're all so different. Um, I think it's something that I realized over time is that even though I might think something is right, another person's not going to think the same thing. You know, like I've been brought up in my own way in Humble Park. And since I have my own personality, it wouldn't be mm. the same as my sister's or anything. I think that's the strangest thing ever. Like the fact that me and my sister were raised in the same household, but she's so radically different than who I am. It's just, it's really strange because you can't predict what anybody is going to do. Thank you for listening to the Strange on Purpose podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes before, please like, review, follow the podcast on Instagram, drop a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you check us out. It helps the podcast grow immensely. So I appreciate you. I could not do this without you. 